It's a familiar passage of Scripture. I want to just say while you're turning there, it's good to have uh, George A. Salinas with us. This is Brother Diaz's uncle, and we're happy to have him. Man, my first time, he's been here before, but my first time to meet him. I'm so glad you're here, man. We welcome you to First Church. And if you're a guest of First Church, we're thrilled that you are here. And we believe at First Church that if we can make a connection and there's continuance, we'll have something to celebrate. And that's what that's what we want for you, sir. And we hope that anyone here that is a guest will have that same understanding, will be a part of First Church and celebrate with us. Isaiah chapter 40, uh, we'll read one verse, that's the 31st verse. But they that wait, somebody say wait. Somebody say wait. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Tell us more. Okay, I will. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. It says, though, he describes what renewing your strength means. When you renew your strength, you mount up with wings as eagles. Also, you will run and not be weary. Wow. When's the last time anybody? I'm 56 now, Brother Will. It ain't happening no more. Running and not being weary. Wow, I run a few steps. It was raining the other day, and I thought, I had to park so far away, I didn't want to get wet, so I ran. And then I was thinking, maybe I should have just walked and got wet. Because I was tired. from. But if your strength gets renewed, it doesn't matter how old you are, you'll run and not be weary. And, helpful, you will walk and not faint. So here's what I'm going to preach to you today. The weight of weight. The weight of weight. When our want isn't His will. Mm. Does anybody feel like that might be heavy? The weight of weight. When our want isn't His will. There is a heaviness that weights you down when you are in the weight room. But I want to I want to assure somebody today that it's worth the weight when you have his will that if you'll stay in God's plan. I didn't say your plan, your want, your desire. If you'll stay in His plan with His purpose, it feels so good. Put your Bible down, lift your hands and your voice to the Lord. Ask Him to speak to your heart. God, I pray your word would go forth. I believe that your spoken word today, God will touch the hearts of those that are here. And for those that want a word, that they will receive a word. And when they receive the word, God, I pray that it would bring them that which they so desperately need. I know, I know today that there are 
There are many people that are here under the sound of my voice that feel the weight of the world upon their shoulder. That health and and hell and every imaginable evil has unleashed its fury and yet they still sing their song. They still trudge forward in faith. I pray today that somehow your spirit would be the balm of Gilead. That you would speak in hell. Somebody that will receive a blessing today from the word just go ahead and thank him for it in advance. Somebody go ahead and just give him praise for it today. God I praise you. I worship you. I give you glory. I give you praise today. Somebody help me praise him right now. Somebody go ahead and rejoice in the Lord. Always. And again I say, remind me again, I need to rejoice in the Lord. Remind me in my circumstance, I still need to praise Him. Remind me again that I, I have praise to give to a God that is worthy to receive all praise and glory. You may be seated praising the Lord. Comfort ye. Comfort ye my people, saith the Lord. The book of Isaiah is a powerful passage as the prophet writes and when we find him writing to us in the 40th chapter the one that I read the last verse to you it begins with comfort ye comfort ye my people saith God speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished that her iniquity is pardoned for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness prepare ye the way of the Lord make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Hear what the word of God says. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Somebody hear what I'm saying. I want you to stay focused on me. There is no distraction today. That will keep me from telling you what you better hear. That the word of God is the only thing that's going to save you. That the word of God is the only thing that's going to heal you. The word of God is the only thing. I said the only thing that will help you. There is no counselor that can counsel you outside of the counselor. He is able to help. He is able to heal. He is able to set free. Somebody better hear what the spirit says to the church. I'm trying to bring comfort in the midst of chaos. Oh man, those were such cute sermons you preached, Pastor, as we started the year off. First church strong. We made cute little t-shirts. Satan did not find in his arsenal pom-poms and begin to be the little cheerleader that said, Go first church, go. No, no, no. He unleashed his fury. Is there anybody today that can say since January 1 that hell hath unleashed his fury? Everything that can go wrong will go wrong. But we serve a God that he's good even when it's bad. And I want to comfort somebody and tell you that we are still first church strong. That we started strong. That we will stay strong. And we will finish strong. If you're not up for that, there's not a good alternative. 
There's not a good alternative. Hear what I'm telling you today. There's heaven and there's hell. That's it. This ain't like when you when you go and you get to explore all the possibilities. We went to a place big over there in Hawaii. Shave ice. They had about 383 flavors that you could pick from and mix them all up and just that ain't the way it is in life. There's heaven, there's hell. That's it. When I, I couldn't decide, Brother Will, so I said, put a little bit of this in there, put a little bit of that in there, let's do some mango, let's do some guava, let's do a little cherry, something I'm familiar with, you know, I mean, just, you can get that down here. Southern snow. You don't get to mix, you get one or the other. You don't get to mix a little heaven and a little hell. There ain't no such thing. You get heaven or you get hell. And you know what I want? I want heaven with extra juice. I don't want to see no white in my snow cone. I want it all that heaven has. I want everything that heaven has. It feels like sometimes you got to go through hell to get heaven. But I'm telling you today, it's worth it. Just keep on keeping on. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain shall be made low. The crooked shall be made straight. I wish somebody would hear what pastor's preaching today. There is hope for your hell. don't know how bad it is pastor you've been gone you don't know how bad it is I know how bad it is and that it could get worse before it gets better but I do know this that there is no hope outside of him there is no hope outside of him the old prophet Isaiah I just I love this guy he just speaks to us Valley shall be exalted. Mountain shall be made low. Every crooked path. We went the road to Hannah's 42 miles, and it takes about 10 hours. There's about 700 sharp turns and 51 lane bridges. And it, while we were going, one of the kids said, Why couldn't somebody have just made a straight stretch from? Anybody ever felt like the road that you're on? You go a little bit this way and then there's a sharp turn and you go a little bit that way and I get dizzy just trying to show you what I'm talking about. I want somebody to hear what I'm telling you today that you may feel like you're on the road to hell and it's looking and feeling like this. But I want to tell somebody today he will make the crooked path straight. But you got to wait. You got to keep going. You gotta stay in the fight. You gotta continue to forge forward. Oh, Isaiah, I just, I mean, he's such an, he's such an encourager. You know, have you ever been around somebody that just is an encourager? I mean, you know, your team could be down 42 to nothing in the last two minutes and there's a two minute warning and they're like, hey, we're going to be all right. We're going to score seven touchdowns in the next two minutes. And they're just always speaking faith. And just... Then you ever been around anybody that you're winning 49 to nothing and 
It's not even the second half. And they said, but wait now, that team's pretty good over there. They, I've, I've seen them come back before. And just, you might ought to just be careful. I think they might. I want somebody to hear the word of the Lord today. I want somebody to be encouraged today. I want to help somebody today because you see what I know is there's people here that you put on a smile when you walk in that door and you're trying to speak an encouraging word or maybe I'm just preaching to me today. I'm going to let all of you listen because it's been a long time since I preached to you. So I'm just going to preach to me today in front of you. And if you can get anything, glean anything, just go ahead and get it. But I want to tell you something. There are times that you just got to grin and bear it and wait on the Lord for if you will do what he tells you do he will do what he said he would you will mount up with wings as an eagle you will run and not be weary you will walk and not faint but not if you don't wait not if you try to fix it yourself not if you try to do what you want to do probably the hardest concept for us is when what we want is in his will That's when it's hard to trust Him. I still trust You, Lord. I still trust You, Lord. As long as You're doing what I want You to. Oh, that's not the song, is it? That might be why I don't get any specials. I don't know, maybe. Because I don't... Because that's the way we sing it sometimes. I trust You as long as You do what I want You to. But if you ever say no, mm, 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 mm. how many of you know that no is not a good word? Nobody likes to hear no. I've seen no turn a smile upside down in a millisecond. You don't even get, all you get is mm. you. They know it's not yeah. They know it's no. And that no. No will make you pout. It'll make you frown. It'll make you sad. Nobody likes no. But there's some things that he knows. So he says no. And then that's when you got to decide what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do when he says no and you wanted to hear yes? What are you going to do when you planned on hearing yes and you hear no? What are you going to do when you get mad because he said no? Anybody ever got, I'm not going to look at anybody, anybody ever got mad when somebody said no? It made you mad that they said no. Who do they think they are to tell me no? I'll do what I want, when I want, how I want. Yeah, really? We'll see how that works out. It won't end well. I want to remind you again. There's two destinations. I want to keep coming back to this. I want there to be a clear understanding. There is one way that leads you to heaven. And there is one way that leads you to hell. And there is no in between. That's it. Nobody likes to hear that either. Because we like to think that there's somewhere in the middle that, well, I'm not everything I ought to be. But I'm not everything I could be. So I'm just going to be. No. you got to go. One way or the other. So, you thought I, I you said, I, I thought you were, I thought you were going to help us today, Pastor. I am. I'm going to tell you what the Word says. This one that, this one that makes the decisions, measures the waters in the hollow of his hand. 
That's a big hand. Think about that for a minute. That's a big hand. I've talked about this before, you know. When you go out to Jerry Paul Coleman's and you check out that lake, you see all that water. I mean, I can't fit that water in my hand. But, Brother Clyde, when you get out on the ocean and as far it's all sea. There is no land. And he holds that one and the other one and all of them in the hollow of his hand. For me. It's happened when I've been trying to help people learn how to drive. There have been times, Sister Michan, that whenever it wasn't headed in the right direction, I reach over and grab that wheel and say, No, no, straighten that out. Straighten that out. Straighten that out. I don't want to go over there. You want to stay on the road, the path. And yet, some of us, he measures the waters. Because it ain't going the way we want it to go, we say, it will not end well. It will not end well. He measures the waters in the hollow of his hand. I don't have time today. I got to preach a little faster than I'm preaching right now. I got to tell you that as Isaiah continues to trudge forward because he wants us to understand how massive our master really is. He says, hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard? That the great God of glory fainteth not, neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. There is no searching of his understanding. I want to ask somebody. I want you to be honest with me. I'm going to be honest with you. There are times There are times that I thought, but God, I got a pretty good plan here. I've thought about this. I've, I've considered this. I've, I've prayed about this. And this is what I want to do. This is what I want to have. This is what I want to see. And then God says to me, No, because I know. And if I'm being honest, I don't like that. Now I know all of you, every time God tells you something you don't want to do, you're like, oh, you're so awesome, God, I love you. I'm going to do exactly what you say. No, you don't. I'll ask your mama and daddy if that's how you were. Because you know that ain't how it is. We know that when we think we know, we want to go where we want to go. Just how that is. But hast thou not known, have, have you not heard that the great God of glory fainteth not, neither is he weary? There is no searching of his understanding. How about... How many of you are like me? The more you find out about something, the more you realize how little that you really do know. I just talked about it in my first message in Bible class today, how that I went and spent a couple days at Pearl Harbor, and I found out that I thought I knew about Pearl Harbor, but the more I studied and the more I learned and the more I digested every museum and looked at every photograph and read everything that was there, I found out I don't know hardly anything about this. 
You know, did you know that if you read your Bible through every year until you're a hundred and you started miraculously reading it through when you were two that you still won't exhaust all of the knowledge that's in the Word of God. So somebody understand with me who it is that's telling us, that's helping us. It's the great God of glory. <coughs> but, but I have some things that, that I want. I have some... There is no searching of his understanding. He goes on to say this. That as, as we understand and pause to reflect how magnificent our master is. That we need to, we need to hear what he says when he says he giveth power to the faint. Is there anybody that's feeling faint? That you're, you're tired from the journey. That life has taken a toll on you. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint. I said today, a guy in his 30s is talking about, my, I'm almost 40, and it's going to be bad, and I'm thinking 40s in my rear view mirror, and objects are smaller than they appear. It's way, it's somewhere back there, and I'm thinking about how that I wish that I was 40 again. I wish that I still had what I had when I came here 20 years ago and preached and climbed all over these altars and stuffed them up with my pews and ran over the tops of the benches. I wish I still had that strength. But I'm reminded that even the youth shall faint. And the young men Thank God for these young men that are worshipers. If I worshiped the way Braden worshiped, I'd, I'd have worse than a bad back and a stiff neck right now. Even the youth shall faint. The young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord. Somebody hear what I'm talking I'm talking about the weight Wait, I want everybody to stay with me right now and understand that there is a weight, there is a heaviness that rests upon us when we have to wait. Today, knowing what I would knowing what I would preach to you on this wonderful Sunday morning into the afternoon, for I suspect that I will. I have already accomplished it. That I will preach into the afternoon today. I want, I want somebody to know that when I went to the post office today, you know that light that gets me every time I made it through and I'm like, oh, ain't God good. And then if I didn't come out of the post office and that light right across from where you work was right there and it was red, of course it was red. But it stayed red. And it stayed red. And do you know how many times my foot went from the brake to the gas? Just, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. There were people behind me and I'm thinking, you people have to surely be believing the same thing that I'm believing, that this light is broken. Why would they give this traffic three hours to go back and forth when I'm ready to get to church? The guy left, left of me was making a left turn. He had all he could handle. And when he took off, as soon as he took off, the light turned green. And I was like, thank you, Lord. 
You want to know why? Because I hate to wait. I want to preach to all you wonderful people that are so patient and godly and just everything. It doesn't matter if you're you're never in a hurry. Everything's perfect and the world's great and you can you go to Walmart, you look for the longest line and you say, I can't wait. Sure, maybe I'll meet somebody and be a witness and go into that line that's 20 items or less and has got 15 people with 50 items and you just, I'm going to get behind him and I'm just, I can't wait to wait. I don't know who you are, but I want to tell you, I am envious. There is envy in my heart for you. I went in a restaurant yesterday, a table for four. And the place was empty and there was 50 tables. And they said, we don't have a table right now. I said, what? Look at all these tables. I just couldn't take it anymore. I had done my due diligence. I had called ahead. I had call ahead seating. I had it all planned when I got there. I should walk in and they should have fresh bread on the table. That's not life. And if you're wondering, it's getting worse instead of better. I hate to wait. Because I have places to go and people to see and things to do. Is there anybody that can say amen? But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And you say, feels like it's altar call. No, you're going to have to wait. There's more. Because that's the wonderful Isaiah. Do you know the book that follows Isaiah? It's Jeremiah. Does anybody know who Jeremiah is? Jeremiah is the weeping prophet. Jeremiah is the weeping prophet. Prophet. Now I can handle it if you can. Stay with me right here. I want you to understand what I'm preaching to you today. I'm not going to get in any hurry. So if your roast is going to burn, you're dismissed. If you don't want to wait for what I'm going to tell you, God bless you, you can go home. But I'm going to keep preaching because God gave me a word for First Church and I'm going to tell First Church that the weight of weight is heavy. But there are times that we don't get what we want and everything doesn't happen just the way we want it to. But we better say to Him, not my will, but Thy will be done. Somebody hear what I'm preaching right now. You better make up your mind. You're going to do what God wants and not what you want or it won't end well. Jeremiah, Jeremiah says, Jeremiah says, I think it's, I think it's verse 14 of chapter 6, maybe 11, let me look. 14 is 6 as I suspected and the same in 8 and 11, it's, It's this, you have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people, slightly saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Put 8 and 11 up there, Brother Johnson, if you don't mind. It speaks to the similar sentiment. For they have healed the hurt of the daughter of my people, slightly saying, saying, tongue-in-cheek, sarcastically, as they did. Why don't you go get your harps from the willow and sing us a song? We want to know what you're made of when you're mad. 
We want to know what you're made of when you're sad. You see, anybody can do what we do when you're on cloud nine and everything's fine. But what happens when you're weighted down? Is there anybody hearing what I'm saying right now? What happens when the weight of weight is pressing you down? Peace, peace. Does anybody believe for one moment that we live in a peaceful world? I don't care what they say. I don't care if it's Fox or CNN. It doesn't matter to me the broadcast medium. What you need to hear is what the Spirit's saying. There ain't no peace out there. I don't know what your plan is for the election, but let me just make it real clear right here. And I'm not being political at all. It doesn't matter who you vote for. Now hear, hear the rest of it. Hear what I'm saying. They don't have the answer to your problem. They don't have the solution to your scenario. You mean to tell me you think there's a Republican Party, a nominee from them? You think there's a Democrat Party that there's a... There is nobody out there that can do what one moment in the presence of God can do for you. There is something. Somebody hear what I'm saying. Somebody understand that the Word of God is the only thing that's going to pick you up, turn you around. Somebody hear what the preacher's preaching. That there's the only hope that you have is in the Word of God. Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Day, They were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. We've never lived in a time like we live in right now. I'm going to say that again. We've never lived in a time like we live in right now. I want you to understand what I'm preaching to you today. It's getting close to the point where that God will have to call Sodom and Gomorrah from the grave. And let me tell you, he will not. But he would have to call Sodom and Gomorrah from the grave and repent for destroying them. Because we are at a time that we are similar to Sodom and Gomorrah and yet we are still here. The thoughts of men are on evil continually. We live in a world that has depraved minds. Evil minds. Evil beyond your imagination. I want to caution you as parents and grandparents and young people and children. You better understand that the devil desires to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's never had a better chance than he has right now. And you probably got it in your pocket. Or maybe you're even looking at it right now. But I want to tell you that he's coming for you. He's coming after you. And he wants to kill you. And he wants to destroy you. And he wants to steal joy and peace from you. You better hear what this pastor's preaching to you right now. The only way... The only way that you get peace and joy. We all want peace. Peace, peace. When they're, they're telling us, if you'll elect me, I'll bring peace back. There is no way. It cannot happen and it will not happen. I want to tell you, Romans chapter 14 and verse 17. Romans chapter 14 and verse 17 tells it like this. For the kingdom of God is not meat. It's not meat and drink. And please accept my apology today. I am aware of what time it is, but I also am aware of the times that it is. 
I want somebody to hear what I'm saying. You know what? There are people that get up and go. God love them. That's fine with me. I'm not mad at them. I want you to hear what I'm saying. Because here's the most important thing that you will hear this week. It's the most important thing that you will see this week. And you owe it to you and to your family and to those that you love to hear what the Spirit is saying to this church. If you think you're going to find peace and joy outside of the Holy Ghost, you are sadly mistaken. For I want somebody to understand that righteousness and peace and joy is in the Holy Ghost. It's the only way you can have it. Now you hear what Pastor's saying right now. It's the only way you can have Peace and joy is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. We don't preach Acts 2.38 because we want to still be first church, a united Pentecostal church. We preach Acts 2.38 because it is the salvation that comes through that Pentecostal experience. The Holy Ghost. That's why if you don't have the Holy Ghost, I said it's the will of God for you to receive the Holy Ghost today. I've already preached. Repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We know that's evidence by speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. If you didn't know that's what we believe, shame on me. That's what we believe. Foundational doctrine of a Pentecostal church. To be Pentecostal. Experience Pentecost. That's how you have hope for Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Sister Lulabelle, I remember the story. Thank God for testimonies. We need to have testimonies. You talked about how the devil got your joy, and you said, you ain't ever getting it back, old boy. You want to know how that happened? You want to know why Sister Lulabelle still has the joy, and she still comes? How long did you work at Walmart? A long time. I don't even, you don't even have to try to figure it out. If you work there a week, you work there a long time, because anytime you're in Walmart, you know that's a long time. How could she do that and still every Wednesday night be here and every Sunday morning be here and every ladies prayer be here? You know why? Because she knew the only way she was keeping her joy and the only way she could have peace in the midst of problems and the only way she could be righteous is if she had the Holy Ghost and kept the Holy Ghost and I want to preach to you. You better get the Holy Ghost and you better keep the Holy Ghost if you ever have a thought of having righteousness, peace and joy. Wouldn't it have been cool if Pastor would have came back and just preached some fluffy face stuff and we could swing from these wonderful lights and just have a great time. No, I got to tell you something. We are living in a critical hour and every day that goes by, this world is not getting better, it's getting worse. And the weight of weight, the weight of weight weighs us down. Now maybe you can't tell because man... Am I just all wired up today? How many of you noticed when Pastor came in, he was all wired up today? You want to know why? Because if I'm not all wired up, I'm just going to lay down and go to bed. you enjoy your vacation in Hawaii and yeah we did a lot of things but I'm going to tell you something when you're a man of God and you live for God and you're a servant of God and when you're a saint of God you don't ever get a vacation because this world out there weighs you down and there's some things that you want and there's some things that aren't happening in this church and I'm like my God where are they and where are they and where's this one and there's one why is that one going through this and why is that one going through that and how come they have to keep getting the answer no and how come that has to I want to tell you something that weighs you down and so I'm like God you're going to have to help me because I'm getting, I'm getting past that. I'm getting mad. I'm kind of getting frustrated that things aren't happening. And 
How come, how come half the church didn't come back after COVID? And how come some of them that didn't come back, they ain't coming back? And how come this one's not here and that one's not here? And the ones that are here are the ones that seem to have to keep going through all the hell that you look at. The Bible says that they look at that these, uh, these evil men as they flourish. And the Bible says that his feet almost slipped. This happened a couple times because I generally don't wear Crocs, but I wore Crocs there, and you know there's some there's some places. You know it happened to me. Probably some of the funniest moments while we were gone. The girls loved it, but I want to tell you something. When I stepped out and I was trying to come back quick, my my Crocs hit that slick mud, and boom, I just went down and I fell. I said, "That's a Crocs." What I said, I think I'm not sure. It's not what I said, but it's what I felt. My feet, they slip, Brother Clyde. And I'm going to tell you something, Brother Clyde. Sometimes when we look at people, we're trying. Hear what I'm preaching to you. I'm not preaching down to you. I'm telling you. I know how it feels. You're trying to do everything you know to do. You're trying to live for God. You're trying to serve God. You're trying to do this. And it just seems like everything keeps going wrong. And this happened and that happened. And I don't, I don't know why this and I don't know why that. And you just get mad. And you're, you're past sad. You're mad. And you're like, I just, ugh. Job's wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? Job said, oh, honey, I don't think you know the God that I serve. He said to me, where were you, Job, when this world was formed? Where were you when I hide the snow to dump it on? Where were you when I sent into the animals the things that they... When you see the beauty of what this world has to offer, you need to understand that not only does he measure the waters in the hollow of his hand, but there is no searching of his understanding. You didn't catch God off guard with where you are. He knows exactly where you are and what you need to do is do what we heard taught today. You go over and get your heart off that will you start singing a song here's my cup Lord I lift it up Lord come and quench this thirsting is there anybody that's thirsting now blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness well, I, I just I just don't understand this is this is not how I thought it would be you want me to be totally transparent let me just tell you why I'm all pumped up so instead I'm not just staying here crying on the floor because I got a little girl across the street because she worshipped because she worshipped on Friday night with such exuberance Maybe this is just a little too transparent for you, but let me just tell you about the weight of weight. Let me tell you why I'm preaching with such passion. Because you tell me why there are some kids out there that went and spent they're living on riotous living and are slopping pigs and they're not in pain today. I'm sorry, is pastor being a little too transparent? Yeah, let me apologize, but let me have you consider why I'm all fired up today. I'm going to tell you, because she worshiped, because she decided she was going to give it everything she can, that now she's got a pinched nerve in her neck and she's in excruciating pain and she wanted to be here. She would have been here and yet there's people that aren't, not because they're in severe pain, it's just because it's a choice and you know what? I really didn't feel like getting up. I stayed out too late and I played games too long and I did this and I did that. I got news for you. It gets frustrating. It gets aggravating. It gets heavy. But this I know. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. They shall run and not be where they shall walk and not faint. 
pardon me while I pull a little Jeremiah and say, were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? No! They weren't at all ashamed and neither could they blush. They mock and make fun. That's what you get for going to church on Friday night. You should have just partied with us and you'd be feeling good in the neighborhood. What do you got to say to that? I, I don't have an understanding. I need the one that measures the water in the hollow of his hand. Take the wheel. And let me sit there in the front seat, buckled up as it were, but get ready for the ride. And just take me where you, were they ashamed when they committed abomination? They, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. They, they flaunt their frolicking. They Celebrate it. They want you. They're not satisfied for you not to oppose them. You want to know when evil flourishes? When good men do nothing. But they're not satisfied with good men doing nothing. They want good men to support. They want good men to march with them. Look how quiet it gets. People get really nervous when we really start talking about the facts of where we are. Now be careful, Pastor. Be careful. Be careful what you say here. Be cautious. I want to tell you something. As careful as I need to be, you need to be about endorsing. I want somebody to hear what I'm telling you. I love every sinner. I want you to hear what I'm saying. If you don't think you're loved here at First Church, you are confused. You need to stick around and find out you're loved. You make a decision to do whatever you want to do and you'll come through those doors and we'll love you. But if you think I'm going to love the sin, you are sadly mistaken. I do not apologize and I will not apologize for hating sin. When things are an abomination to God, I can't endorse it, support it, or love it. And I won't. I want somebody to hear what I'm preaching. If you don't think this is heavy, you are sadly mistaken, friend. We can come in here and do our little... All my life you have been faithful. That's awesome. It's true. And he's faithful even in the midst of our failures and problems and circumstances and situations. And Where? Where is he, God? Where is he? God, where is he? Isaiah just told me. See that way. Upon the Lord, oh, if I could play the keyboard. They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. Where's that at now? Jeremiah. Head buried in the carpet, weeping and crying. Where is the God of Isaiah? As he writes further, we find book of Jeremiah chapter 8 looking at verse 18 Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 18 says when I would comfort myself against sorrow my heart is faint in me is there anybody that would be honest enough to raise your hand and say pastor I know I know what Jeremiah is talking about right there I, I've, I've been there where I, I, I try to comfort myself pastor preach to me make me feel good but my heart is faint in me But hold, the voice of the cry of the daughter of my people because of them that dwell in a far country. 
He, he says this, is not the Lord in Zion? Where's God? Is not her king in her? Why they provoked me to anger with their graven images and with their strange vanity? Where are you, God? Verse 20. The harvest is past. Summer is ended. Yet we still have a church on Sunday after Sunday. I know what y'all are thinking. My God, don't let him ever go to Hawaii again. You know what I'm saying? That's The harvest is past. The summer is ended. We're not saved. How many of you, it convicts you when you come and you don't call the multitudes of people that miss every Sunday? Is there anything to help us, Pastor? Are you going to leave us hanging here? Are you just going to weight us all down and say, good luck? Jeremiah's like, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician here? If you're here, God, and you're everything you said you are, why is not the health of the goat? Why aren't my people being recovered? Why are they still weighted down? many of you know the weight of weight is heavy? Anybody feeling the heaviness? Have I, have I conveyed with clarity that there is a heaviness that, that is weighted down on I mean, do I need to come over and push down on you to feel what I'm feeling in the spirit? That's where we are, church. Punish while evil men flourish. Why is it that it seems like everything I try to do, I can't get it done, but yet those that aren't doing what they're supposed to do for you, God, it seems that everything's okay for them. Just doesn't. Anybody ever said it just doesn't seem fair? It doesn't feel fair? This ain't fair! How many of you know we don't serve a fair God? Does anybody know that? I hope I'm not bursting anyone's bubble. We do not serve a fair God. We serve a just God. And there are some things that you may want that may not be His will. Chapter 10 and verse 19 of our wonderful prophet. Woe is me for my hurt. I want somebody to read that right there. There's an exclamation point right there. Woe is me for my hurt. That's heavy. That hurts. My wound is grievous. Felt any pain that hurt to the place that you were grieved in your spirit with the pain? I want to tell you something. There are, there are things that are worse than physical pain. I don't know if you're hearing what I'm preaching to you today. There are a lot of people that there is mental anguish and stress, spiritual anguish and stress, and it's worse than physical pain. My wound is grievous. You see, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, 
keep going if I felt like that nobody needed to hear what I'm preaching. I know I'm not just preaching to me today. I'm smarter than that. I'm, I, I, I've been pastor here for 20 years. And I, I know that there are people that are in this house today that you are waiting down. So I'm kind of doing a little object lesson. I don't even know what time it is, but usually you're gone by now and Grecian's wondering where you're at, but you need to hear. I'm going to tell you where you're at. You're in a place that you better hear the word of God because it's the only thing that's going to take you out of that trial and the only thing that's going to deliver you from that difficulty. It's the only thing that's going to save you and your family. Truly, this is a grief and I must bear it. Put that weight on me. I should have brought something, but I'm, I'm feeling like I don't need to put anything. I'm feeling like I'm preaching like hunched over just because of the weight. Surely there is, there is a, a weight that is upon us and, and it's heavy and, and I, I must bear it. But I want to I preach to some people at First Church. I, I referenced it earlier when I said we should, we should celebrate with those that celebrate, but we should mourn with those that mourn. And I believe that the, the Bible says this, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Brother Clyde, if I go home and I try to start my Yukon and it doesn't start. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, hey Siri, call Clyde Owen. That's what I'm going to do. You know you've gotten that call. One, two, three, how many times does that thing need a battery for God's sake? You know what I'm saying? Sure. But what am I going to do, Brother Clyde, if I go home and my daughter's still in pain and my neck still hurts? And the crazy insurance company doesn't pay. And what am I going to do if, if all your problems that, that you got and the things that you're going through and the heavy weight that, that it is whenever you tell me about a trial that you're going through and, and I say, I'm praying for you. And you, you think that's just check, click, box, done? No, I want you to know I feel the pain that you people deal with. And I want you to know it's a heavy weight. And I want to tell you something. Ghostbusters never answer. Some of you are hearing what I'm saying right now. Who are you going to call? They don't answer. The only way I have a hope, the only way I have a hope of righteousness, peace, and joy is if I, if I say, I know somebody that's got the Holy Ghost and they know they won't judge me because I'm upset. They won't judge me because I'm downhearted. They won't judge me because I'm distressed. They'll say, can I come over and pray for you? Can I hold up your hands? Pat? Can I pray with you? Because I know you're going through hell. Is there anybody that hears what I'm preaching at First Church? Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill. You want to be a Christian? You find somebody that's hurting and help them. I'm not talking about changing their tire. I'm talking about praying them through the problems and pain. My God, all you got to do, if you want some help on how to help people, you come up here and get the prayer list. Because that's just the start. That's the start of staff meeting. We say, can you give me some prayer requests? Who's got some prayer requests? And we find them and then they don't even make it because I got up here and I forgot I'm supposed to be praying for Sister Anderson's granddaughter. And Annalise had to go home sick. And I look out at you and I, I remember all the needs that we have for you. And they just keep on and piling on and piling on and piling on and it gets heavy the weight of weight 
is heavy, and I must bear it. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law. You want to be a Christian? Why don't you consider not gossiping about people and their problems, but rather pray for people and their problems? I'm going to tell you something about Facebook. Facebook will fool you. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to check what time it is because it might have something to do with my response. 12.30, I apologize again. I want to tell you something about Facebook. Facebook will fool you. I know things, and when somebody shows me this about Facebook, I'm like, really? I just smile and nod, and I'm thinking, really? Because I'm going to tell you something. You can smile in a photograph, and your heart can be ripped out on the inside. You can type whatever you want to type, however much they'll let you type, and you can tell everybody how awesome it is and this is that and I'm not against saying good things but I'm going to tell you I know some of the hell that's happening in people's lives and there is a heavy weight and I'm going to tell you you won't find friends on Facebook the ones that you find are the ones that are at the altar and you say I need somebody that's full of the Holy Ghost to pray with me for righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Ghost I just now remembered Shay uh, Sister First lady, I just now remembered that you're cooking roast. Is that thing going to burn? Am I eating burnt roast today? I'm sorry if we are. My bad. Let it burn, baby. Let it burn. You know what? All right, the musicians can come. That gives people hope. But hope deferred makes the heart sick. So. Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. It's what y'all been waiting for. It's what you've been waiting for. It's what you've been waiting for. Verse 10 says this. You see, we just go right to 11. We know 11's coming. But what about the 70 years before it got there? Now, I'm 56, and that's feeling really old today. I can tell you that. That's feeling really old. This one just kind of knocked me for a loop here. If, if it wasn't enough that I was getting old, somebody has to team on me and knock me into the next lane, jerk my neck all back, total test this car. That, if that ain't enough, I'm feeling old. And yeah, it ain't even... It ain't even 70 years. All you people, you precious people that are over 70 and you're still here. God love you. He does. I'm just, just going to tell you. While I was gone, Brother Will, I was thinking about this great church. I prayed for this great church. I told the leadership, I'm praying for this service. I'm praying for that service. And something, something just got all over me. And my, my mind went to, I, mine went to Brother Holligan. I don't, I don't know, Brother Holligan, if, if your wife told her because you don't do real good on the phone. So I, I, uh, I called her and told her, I said, I'm just, I'm just thinking about Brother Holligan today. I'm just feeling like I want him to know that I love him and that I, I appreciate him. And this man, man, he ain't what he used to be when I got here. He could probably still outshoot me, but I don't know if he could outwalk me just because it's getting tougher and tougher to get out there. But you see where he's sitting today? He's still here. Pastor's going almost at 1245 today. And, and Elder Holligan's still here. He might be thinking, my God, hurry up, Pastor. You're about to make me miss lunch. But he's still here. He's an inspiration to me. Because he's got in over 70. It took 70 years to get 
for I know the thoughts that I have. You all have been waiting for that since I went to Jeremiah. You're like, I know he's going to get there. He's got to get there. Come on, pastor, get there. I may have preached 70 minutes, but I want you to consider one minute as a year. And I want you to understand how long it took to hear I know the thoughts that I have for you. Verse 11 says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Is there anybody that will receive that word into your spirit right now? Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. I want to tell somebody today, it's not over. It may feel like it. It may look like it. Everything may say it. But it's not over yet. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I know the thoughts that I think. It took me 70 minutes to say it. But I want to tell somebody today. I know the weight of weight. But I want to tell you. What he's thinking is he's got some peace. He's got some help. He's got some hope. He's got some healing. He hasn't expected in. Stand with me. Verse 16 of chapter 31 says, Thus saith the Lord, Refrain thy voice from weeping and thine eyes from tears, for thy work shall be rewarded, saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Refrain thy voice from weeping and thine eyes from tears. For thy work shall be rewarded, saith the Lord. And they shall come again from the land of the enemy. And there is hope in thine end, saith the Lord. And thy children shall come again to their own voice. Somebody hear what the word of the Lord is saying to you today. There's hope. There's help. There's peace. There's prosperity. You just wait on the Lord. They that wait on the Lord shall renew. There's a renewing that is available. There's a restoration that is available. Understand, there's process, there's pain, there's circumstance, there's situation, there's frustration, there's anger, there's all of the emotion, the whole entire gamut of emotion. But then there's a word. There's a word from God. And the word from God to you today is refrain, refrain, refrain from weeping. Dry up your tears and understand that your trouble is just about over. That you've waited and the weight of the weight has brought you low but it hasn't taken you out. I want somebody that's got faith that you're not giving up and you're not turning around and that you're coming to an altar and today you're going to say, I'm going to wait on you Jesus. I'm going to wait on you Jesus. I'm going to wait on you Jesus. Is there anybody that come as they sing? I'm going to wait on you Jesus. Do an altar and tell him, I believe. Believe that you have thoughts of peace. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop crying and start singing. I'm gonna believe that the best is yet to come. 
that you haven't expected in. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I know it hurts. I know it's painful. I know it's stressful. Wait on the Lord. Go ahead, wait on the Lord. Jesus. Oh. 